Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Check, check. All right, here we go. All right, my friends, welcome back to the Do Big Things podcast. This is episode number 92. Today's intro is going to be short, but remember, I've got nothing but love for you guys. If you want to connect or help support this podcast or anything else that we're doing here at Big Things Crewing, you can follow us on patreon.com slash do big things. My guest today is a great guy, and I had the pleasure of pacing him 48 miles of his latest race, the Silver Heels 100, here in Colorado. It's a tough, tough course, but we made it. Uh, We did it with each other. Maybe my guy Drew Ralston could have done it himself without a pacer, but we chose to partner up to better his chances at getting him into the finish. And I had an absolute blast chasing him around the mountains for a whole lot of hours. Drew's about as tough as they come, and we're lucky to have him on the show this week. He is coming up in just a minute. We want to thank our sponsors, Exoskin, Athletic Brewing, and On Pace Wellness. Stick around till after the show, and I'll check back in with you guys and let you know how to get some discounts on some of the essential tools of ultra running. Exoskin is good gear, Athletic Brewing, good beer, and On Pace Wellness, good nutrition. I mean, see what I do for you guys? I bring you guys the best. All right, you guys, give it up for my friend, Mr. Drew Ralston. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Well, your lies will get you somewhere. (laughs) Where are you at? Are you at home? Yeah, I'm just sitting in my living room right now. Okay, cool. So how are you feeling? Uh, Uh, You're a couple weeks after a 100-mile race. Yeah, not too bad. I can't complain too much. Good, good. Legs okay? You out running? Yeah, so I started uh, running, you know, dogs again, like... I guess that Thursday after the race Okay. and you know, then I played baseball that weekend and I definitely still felt it in the legs there, but you know, it was like after, after, you know, a couple days of some light runs and everything, I was pretty much back at it. No real issue. Good, good. Good (laughs) for you. Good. Well, for anybody listening, um, this is my man, Drew Ralston, and I had the pleasure of pacing him through the Silver Heels 100 just a couple weeks ago, 
And uh, we'd met a couple times before that, but that's pretty much how we got to know each other. And uh, we spent uh, quite a while on the trail together, 12, 14 hours, something like that. <laughs> it seemed like forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> no, no, I had a blast, man. I had a blast. Um, so walk me through the race, if you don't mind. Like, let's get into it, like piece by piece and how you were feeling, like, what, what your game plan was going into the race and how it progressed as the next 30 some odd hours went, went on. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we, we did a good bit of, uh, of, of strategizing beforehand yep. um, because really like last year I ran three races at altitude. I, I ran silver heels. I made it through about 60 60 miles or so before dropping because I was having some considerable um, stomach issues. Um, and then I ran uh, Sheep Mountain up in Fair Play again, uh, which is where Silver Hills is at. And uh, again, you know, it's like I just I started having some stomach issues there, um, but I, I gutted it out for the 50 milers. And, you know, it was weird because um, I, I continued to feel sick um, after the race. And even as I, you know, decreased in altitude and I made it down all the way to like six, 7,000 feet, um, basically, you know, pulling over the car every, every so often to, uh, to get sick on the way down. <laughs> um, and, but then finally, you know, once I made it down to about six, 7,000 feet, I started feeling better. Um, yeah. But it was just, it was, it was a, just weird. So not something I wasn't used to. Um, and then I ran another one down in Westcliff, uh, the Sanger to Cristo hundred and that went monumentally wrong for a couple of reasons. I got off course right at the beginning, um, started having like, again, stomach issues pretty early in the race. Um, and I just, I made a decision there that I, I just could see the way I was moving and looking at all the time that was spent, um, you know, at the beginning of the race off course, because I did about nine miles, like, like two hours almost off course. Whoa. And I was just like, man, I am not going to sooner or later, I'm going to miss a time cut. And it just, it just wasn't my day. So I was like, okay, let's just, you know, let, let's, let's pack it up and, and figure out what we're going to do for, uh, you know, for the future. But, but anyways, with those things in mind, you know, really, we, I kind of went into this race, um, thinking I, I was just going to race my style, which usually is run full gas for as long as I can. <laughs> and then once I run out of gas, um, hang on for the rest of the day and see, you know, and, and then work through the issues as they come up. Um, and, you know, after talking through it a bit, you know, it's like, okay, let, let's look at a better strategy. Um, and it probably wasn't my idea so much as it was yours. And it was, uh, it, it was, uh, Kristen's idea. I didn't that, say too much when we were pre-gaming. Yeah. You kind of told me what your game plan was and I didn't really say too much. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like, okay, let's, let's just run by feel. Let, let's, you know, not worry about metrics. Let's not worry about pace. Let's just run the way we feel like running okay. and don't try and do something that is unnatural just to fit into, you know, a standard mold, you know, like everybody says, you know, you got to hold back at the beginning, which just, it's just not my natural style of running. Okay. Um, so I was like, let me just run the way I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and it seemed like a great idea. And 
to be honest with you, I don't know whether it would have worked or it wouldn't have. Um, I felt beginning of the race. Um, I, and I wasn't running like a breakneck pace. Um, I felt like I was really running within myself. And then I just got cooked <laughs> at about the 25 mile mark. Um, and literally, this is something I've never had happen before to this degree, at least. Um, but I was on an incline. It was, you know, it was relatively shallow. It wasn't something that was unrunnable per se. Um, went through a couple of pretty exposed sections, but I just literally got to a point where my I guess my internal governor, if you will, you know, if you're a Tim Noakes fan, mm-hmm. said like, dude, you're not you're not moving another step up this hill. Um, and it was simply I I was running so hot. And I think I told you later, um, I, I think I just bust a hole in my radiator at some point. <laughs> right. And, you know, the the solution there was literally I, I stopped and I looked to my left and I was like there's a Creek running down there. Mm-hmm. And I jumped off trail. I went down through some, some pretty thick vegetation into this little holler and dumped all my gear and climbed in the Creek <laughs> to cool off. Um, and it, it had an immediate impact. I got back up on trail and I was, I was good to, to start nice. going again. Um, and I knew then like my problem for the day was really just going to be, Um, I guess in retrospect, maybe I knew my problem for the day was overheating. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's probably after putting some pieces together that I really got to, to what, what the big issue was, but I got up, I started moving again. I ran into some friends. Um, one of them gave me a, uh, an electrolyte like product that I had never tried before, which was an absolute mistake i mean i should know better what's what's like rule number i don't know it's probably rule number 15 or so you just never try anything new on race day day, right and but i was like yeah what the heck i'll give it a wing and (laughs) i put i tried this thing and it made it into my body for i think i said all of point eight nine three two seven seconds before it immediately (laughs) and violently came right back out of me um (laughs) but you know once i was done i I got up i kept moving um and then as i was getting into about the uh there's an aid station about 40 miles you've got to go over a pretty uh a pretty gnarly little piece of terrain very exposed um it's all just covered in scree i knew it was ugly i hate going over it um and i i cooked again and then uh you know got sick one more time coming into the the 40 mile aid station um that was the first time i said i i actually got sick of natural causes not doing something stupid right um (laughs) You know, but I, but I got in there and I was like, and I knew I was just, I was just simply overheating. And I was like, and we talked at that point. I was like, man, it was great. I knew I had a problem. 
I bust a hole in the radiator. I fixed it. I got going again, but man, I'm, I'm overheating again. Yeah. So I remember he asked me, he was like, what do you need? I'm like, I need to go get in that Creek again right. and cool down. So, so we rolled over. I did, I, <laughs> I did a nice little push up in the Creek to get yeah. fully submerged <laughs> and I felt great again. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I got out after doing a little bit of work in that aid station, moved for a little while. And, um, you know, and as I started moving and I was doing a mix of like running and, and, and jogging and walking and it dawned on me, it's like, yeah, it wasn't a hole in the radiator problem. It's like, I've got a stuck, uh, thermostat. <laughs> um, so at that point I really realized it was just going to be a day where I, it, my racing day was over per se. Um, but it was just, at that point I kind of went into, went into survival mode a little bit and, and had to figure out, you know, what, how was I going to get through this? Um, and, and I could see from when I was getting sick, like I knew that, you know, my, I just wasn't do my gastric dump was all messed up. Like things were coming up that should have been long gone. Um, and there were times when I would try and take in nutrition and if it was at the wrong time and you saw this in no uncertain terms, things would come right back out oh, yeah. Um, yeah. immediately. It was an immediate violent response to trying to put things into the system. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, like I said, I kind of went into survival mode at that point and figured out, you know, just had to figure out what do I need to do in order to get through this. And, and I think I kind of realized because I wasn't able to, to process nutrition um, that I really just needed to keep moving at I, I needed to go full on fat consumption at that point. Yeah. Um, because if I was going to try and burn carbohydrates to get through this, I, it just it was going to be it, it was going to be a fail. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we just went into a technique there where it was really, you know, when I would cool down, I'd be able to run when I would feel my heart rate start getting up and I'd start getting close to like my AT mm -hmm. it was like, all right, I just got to stop and I got to walk for a while. Um, so it made for an interesting day. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was going to, before I got on here, figure out like what my caloric burn really was for the day you know just based off of like chorus or you know whatever to right. figure out what the metric said but it, i mean it doesn't matter i was in such a huge caloric deficit oh, for the yeah. day yeah. because i think i think for the last 80 miles of, of this of this race my intake was probably in the hundreds of calories right yeah. And I was, I probably burned what, like 10,000 sure. over the course of 80 miles yeah. on that terrain on a mountain race. At least. Um, you know, but it, it was like the way I got through it was just by, by knowing that I had to, I, I've got plenty, like everybody else, I got plenty of fat stores. I can burn that all day. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to just stay below my AT or I would have. You know, it, I, I would have bonked over and over again, and it just would have been a catastrophic failure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the way that's kind of the way I approached it at that point. And it worked right up until we hit like that one um, hill that's about a 30 percent grade at 
you know, mile, what, 85 or something yep. like that. Yep. Yep. And that is the point where I think I both figuratively and literally hit the wall. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> help but but going, you know, you know, but going anaerobic at that point and, and burnt, you know, because my heart rate was just spiking. Really? And that was a you know, it, it was a trail of tears getting up, up that hill. Um, and, and, you know, I appreciate the fact you just like cruised up ahead of me and would just wait. And, and you know, I was like, okay, I just got to keep driving into this thing. And, yeah. you know, one, one foot in front of the other left, right, repeat at a yeah. very slow pace and trying to keep heart rate down, which was a, which was a fool's errand, but you know, <laughs> eventually made it up and then you know and then got back to the same thing where it was like okay if i could run and keep the heart rate down i'd run a little bit and then once i started spiking it was just like all right i i've got to ratchet everything back in order to uh you know stay at a place where i'm where i'm burning what i've got plenty of stores of mm-hmm. um so it was you know at the end of the day it, it was it was a big mike tyson syndrome right you know, it's like everybody's got a great plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yes. Um, I got punched in the mouth at, you know, 25 miles. And then it was a matter of figuring out, you know, like, okay, how, how do I get, you know, how do I stay in the fight? Um, despite the fact I'm, I'm swimmy headed now and things aren't working the way that I thought they were going to. So let's, you know, let's just keep working through the problem and figure out what we've got to do to, to keep moving and, and getting through it. Cause you know, like we said at the beginning, when we sat down, you know, a couple, uh, a couple days or a week or so before the race, it was like goal. Number one is we finished the damn thing. Yeah. Um, you know, aspirational goals based on times, those can come and go, but at the end of the day, you know, let's, let's just, what do we got to do to punch through this thing? Um, you know, and it was some, it, it was definitely some discovery learning along the way. Um, because I'm not used to, having things go that horribly wrong that early in a race um, for what, what were kind of just unforeseen and unexplainable, you know, reasons, because I wasn't expecting to, to cook like I did on what was kind of a, a relatively cool day, um, at least at the beginning, um, you know, and that early without putting in a, a huge work ethic yet or work effort yet, mm-hmm. not work ethic. I mean, I think the work ethic was great, but the work effort, <laughs> effort wasn't huge yet, yeah. but, but to cook that early, it, it just, it made for a, a long day of figuring out how to solve the problem. So it, it was a, it was a great race in that, in that aspect. Um, and, you know, that's what I really, you know, that's what I really enjoy about running long is the fact that at some point during the day, something is going to go wrong and you're going to have to, you know, call on your, your intelligence and your experience in order to figure out, you know, what to do to fix it. Right. Um, I think it happens to everybody. It's just, a ma- it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, um, you know, and then can, can you figure out what actually went wrong and what you need to do to get past it um, when you're in a place where you're really probably not thinking straight anyways. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's kind of like the day in a, in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it was just a matter of like managing the little things because it was so hot out. There was areas you were super exposed 
And, you know, I just knew that if you made it through the first day and made it into the night, it was going to cool down and then you were going to be in a different world. Yeah. You were have other issues to, to work around. But um, you did it, man. You hung in there and you persevered in a, in a big, big way. So what taking what you learned about yourself and your body and your perseverance from this race, when you look back at the other races that you weren't able to finish, do you think that there's anything you could have done differently there? Um, before driving on to that, one, one other thing I wanted to bring up, if I can, For sure. that it was a weird thing that absolutely has never happened before but like i ran asleep for a while <laughs> and i i think part of that is i think part of that is the inability to take in nutrition and the fact that i was the work effort that i had to put in to get like into the night and you know just keep problem solving it was like i was spent at what it was it about 70 miles or so and i remember i went up to you, i was like hey man i need to i need like a couple minutes to to take a nap which is literally it, it's never happened to me because i was asleep on my feet but you know there were 50 milers who were running the same course they were just going in the opposite direction and i can't tell you how many times i like heard somebody go like you know like hey man you're doing great and all of a sudden i was like i woke up mid stride about to crash into somebody i was like okay this is new i've never i've never had this happen before and i was just like man i i really need to i i need like 15 minutes to lay down and the change that that made was just incredible that you know it was like wow that 15 minutes like saved i think saved my day because you know, I, I knew coming out of that aid station where I took a nap that we had a hard cutoff that we were running against. Yep. Um, and, you know, like, like right, right coming up out of being asleep. Well, number one, I tried to eat again and immediately vomited. <laughs> um, so I knew, okay, nutrition still isn't working. Um, it, probably because I, again, I, w- I was burning at a high rate right there where I was trying to sleep and I knew it because I was trying to stay warm. Okay. Um, so I could feel, you know, when I, I, I was going in and out of like a sleep to waking up, like shaking and going like, okay, I'm burning calories right now, you know, trying to stay warm. And then I tried to put something warm in my body and boom, it was right out. And I was like, <laughs> all right, man, let's go. Yep. Cause I knew that we had a time to, to meet. Um, and I didn't want to push that one. So like little, I mean, remember we got to the next aid station, we burned through that thing like fast, um, where it was no messing around. I just, you know, went to the volunteers. I'm like, this is what I need. And I was like looking for some Coke and they were like, yeah, we don't have any cups. I just pulled one out of the trash. I was like, washed it out real quick, (laughs) pounded that down. I was like, let's go. Um, and I think you kind of looked at me like, like, what's up, bro. And I was like, Hey man, we, we've got a time cut to make and yes. I don't want to mess around, mess around on this next section. Cause I knew the climb that we had to do there. Um, but it was like the uh, you know, just what I got back from taking that little bit of time down when I was literally asleep, like, mm-hmm. like running asleep. I never yeah. had that happen before. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, okay, that was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that said, getting back to your question, I, this was a different problem than I had at the other races. I mean, the symptomology was the same in that I was having stomach issues. Um, but I, but I think that the, the root cause of those other ones was different. And I, and I, 
you know, I told you, this, I think I really just water dosed myself um, in those other races. And, you know, I mentioned Tim Noakes before. I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of the guy. I've read mm-hmm. all his books, um, which I got into after I, and I, I had a, uh, a full distance triathlon that I did years ago. Yeah. And I'm convinced that, I mean, I was totally hyponatremic on that one. I was running a great pace. The wheels fell off the bus halfway through the race. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, or halfway through the marathon, I should say, where I went to a time where I should have finished in like 10 hours and some change Mm -hmm. to rolling in at like almost 13. Um, just cause things went so catastrophically wrong on, on the, on the run on that because I went totally hypo. Um, and so, you know, I started studying a little bit about how that happens and everything. And, and in retrospect, after I looked at some of those races that I ran last year and the fact that, you know, my condition wasn't improving as I decreased in altitude and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, I was like, and I felt pretty convinced. That it was just like, I just put too much water into my system for those, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so I literally, I didn't drink a ton of water for this race, but at the same time as I wasn't putting a lot of water in, um, I was putting a lot of water on. So it right. was like every chance I had, I was just dousing myself in water to try and keep my core temperature down. Right. Um, but what I was putting in, I was still processing. So my my output was, was still good. So I was like, okay, I'm doing good as far as water consumption here, where like those other races I ran last year was like I was putting water in but I wasn't getting fluids back out, if you will. So, and that, that's part of the other thing that, you know, and and I, that's what I saw when I was, when I would run, you know, full distance triathlons. If I was, if I got, you know, if I got hyponatremic, it was generally, I was, I knew I was putting water into the system, but I just wasn't getting fluid output. Um, So like I said, I think this was a different, different problem I had this year. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I guess if I had run those races again, I probably would have cut down on my water consumption some. Mm. Um, I, at the end of the day, I, I mean, I know I'm really kind of a camel. Um, I, I can go a long way without putting a ton of a ton of fluids into the system. I, so I tend I. to retain a lot of water. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I that's the way it's always been for me. I mean, whether racing or, you know, doing stuff, you know, in the military, it's always been, you know, the thing where it's like, I just, I don't need to put a lot of water in the system in order to keep it, keep it running efficiently. Um, so I think I just, I made some mistakes when I went up to high altitude last year because, you know, and it's falling into the, the standard, you know, paradigm where everybody says, you know, go slow, drink more water when you go high, because you're, you're going to perspire a lot more and you don't notice it because it evaporates so much more quickly and et cetera and so forth. And I bought into it. And then that was probably the mistake that I made, I think over and over and over, yeah, three times until it dawned on me, like what I was doing wrong. (laughs) So, but, but yeah, this was just a, I, I think this was just a, you know, it, it was, an anomaly compared to those other ones sure. where I just, I just plain old cooked <laughs> and just couldn't thermoregulate. Um, yeah. Yeah. as much as I, as much as I tried to do it, you know, externally just by throwing water on top of myself yeah. consistently. And I even, I brought an extra bottle just 
um, once I got going in a little bit in order to get water out of creeks and stuff like that. So I just had um, what we down in the South call Florida water in order to just pour on, on myself. Which is just um, like creek water? Yeah, just creek water, just okay. swamp water or whatever. Something <laughs> that you're not really going to drink. You're just going to use it to cool you off. Got it. Um, you know, and it, it worked, but but I was still, it was like I, I would I would cool down, but then – I wouldn't be able to, to keep that. So it, when I started working again, I could feel like my temperature starts spiking pretty quickly. So as much as I tried to keep the core temperature down, um, it was just, it was just a losing effort. Like I said, it was just, it was a case where I just felt like the thermostat got stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, I cool down, it would close and then it just, I couldn't get it to open full up and cool off again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Um, when we were running at night and you, and we we're coming into an aid station and I said, okay, buddy, think about what you need. What do you need when you, when we get up here, we got like five minutes to the aid station. You're like, I think what I need is a nap, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, but, and you know, as your pacer, right. I'm thinking this could go one of two ways. Like this could be the start of the end right here, or maybe this is what he really needs. Maybe he just needs a 15 minute nap and then we're going to turn things around a little bit. So I said, yeah, okay, man, get a nap for sure. And I remember you're like laying down right by the fire. And as you were kind of sleeping, a couple other runners were coming through and they said, where's your runner? And I just kind of pointed, you know, he's down there by the fire and they'd give me a look like, uh Oh, that's not good. And, and word had spread around throughout the race that you had, uh, um, you, you were going to be a DNF that you had pretty much dropped right there. And so, you know, hours later, when we finally made it into the finish, you know, Sherpa John's like, Oh man, I heard that he DNF'd. Oh, he was so happy that you were coming into the finish. And, but it was exactly what you needed. You passed out for about 15 minutes and then you woke up, you got a little Coke down in your system. I mean, you ran the second half of that race basically on like Coke and watermelon, right? Yeah. I think I had a couple cookies. Couple cookies, yeah. There yeah. wasn't there wasn't much food going in, but you know, no. every time you did, you were throwing up. And to the listeners, not only is Drew a puker, but it's like violent puking, You're like throwing up loud, like you can hear from quite a ways away. <laughs> and I just felt so bad for the guy, and it just finally came down to, well, I guess we're not going to be eating much food. We're going to be running this thing on fumes. That's what it took to get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when, when, when I, when I get sick, it sounds like a bear is being attacked in the woods. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Well, listen, dude, how did you get into this crazy life? I mean, I know your background is the military. Um, and, and by the way, how old are you, Drew? I am. That's a good question. Let me see. I'm 49 now. 49. Okay. So you got a few years on me. I'm 46. Yeah. Um, how did you get into this crazy world? You were in the Marines at one point, and then I know you survived a hurricane at another point, and then <laughs> you ended up an ultramarathon runner. So how do we connect the dots? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like in the Marine Corps, I did a lot of trail running. Um, okay. You know, like I was stationed in Quantico as, as a as a staff platoon commander at, at the basic school there where we train all of the brand new lieutenants. And I would take the kids out on the trails all the time and just, okay. you know, run them to death, but it wasn't anything long. You know, it was like the longest we would usually run is like maybe six miles. Okay. Um, you know, we, we had this little thing they call the endurance course that all of the lieutenants need to go through. And I would take my kids out there and I'd run them on it. Like 
every, several times a month. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like six miles through the woods with obstacles they've got to negotiate. It's a pretty tough course. Um, but it's in the big scheme of things, pretty short. Um, you know, I, I was out at 29 Palms for a while and me and some of my buddies would go up, you know, out in the desert and run the trails um, right behind main side of the base. Um, but again, you know, it wasn't like we did anything long. We were doing five, you know, seven miles, something like that, uh, which is about all you can do without dying in, you know, 120 degree heat. No um, kidding. You know, it's like it's like think one of the bad sections of bad water, but you're not on the road. You're like on the trails with like elevation. So it's <laughs> not fun. Um, but we would go out and we'd do it, you know, a couple times a week. Um, you know, but again, it was all it was all just kind of short stuff. Um, and at some point I, you know, I, I got off of active duty in the Marine Corps. I, I had this crazy idea that I was going to go to law school and be a lawyer. And I actually did that. Oh, um, but I, I really got, I, yeah. So I, I didn't really do much running and it was a point where, you know, I was, I was spending a lot of time in the gym and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I was Just never, what's that lifting mainly yeah yeah i mean i i I did cardio only just because like you're supposed to every once in a while but you know yeah i mean it was mostly just you know heavy lifting um i I was never a runner you know growing up i I, you know played sports where running was a punishment you know i played baseball i played football um at you know, when I when I went to college, I really transitioned over and played pretty much exclusively rugby um, and did that because I'm not built like a runner. I mean, I, I'm built like a middle linebacker more totally. more than more yeah, than I am, you know, uh, an weight. endurance athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah so. So, you know, I doing that and, you know, part of playing rugby and I continued to do that as I you know got older is just, you know, playing with a good bit of muscle mass. Um, so, you know, I, I was, I was relatively big. I mean, not obese per se, but I mean, I was, I was carrying some decent, um, some decent weight. When I go to the gym, I, I could easily, if I went to the gym, bump up to like 220 right now, really? um, if I wanted to, um, without, without really thinking about it really? too hard. What did you um, weigh when, when we ran silver heels, when you ran silver heels? Uh, it was probably about one. 75 180 really? something okay. like that okay yeah so um so yeah you know it's like i was doing things that, that weren't weren't really running um you know some stuff where i was carrying some more some more mass on me and whatnot um but i distinctly remember it was like my birthday in 2007 um and I had, I was sick. I had like a stomach flu or something. And I'm watching the, uh, the Ironman world championships on television. And they were featuring, if you've ever, if you ever watch it or, you know, any, any of the people watching this have ever seen it, you know, they, uh, they'll focus on the pros and show how they're racing, but they'll also pick a couple of amateurs and yeah. call age groupers. And one of the age groupers that they were following that year, um, this guy named Scott Rigsby, he's a double amputee below the knee, got in an accident, an auto accident when he was like 17 years old. Um, he does all kinds of, you know, inspirational talking and, uh, or speaking, I guess I should say, um, he works with the military. Um, but I was just watching this guy run this race and, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, how, 
how far south have I gotten that I'm feeling sorry for myself because I've got a little tummy ache <laughs> and I'm watching this guy who is a double amputee run a hundred forty mile race, yes. um, which is something, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid um, and thinking, wow, that's incredible that, you know, people actually, you know, can go that far in a day. Um, but I never thought it was something that like I would ever aspire to do, sure. but, you know, laying there on my birthday, feeling sick and feeling sorry for myself. I went, you know what, if that guy can do it, I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started, I, I, like I said, never been a runner. I'd run a couple five K's as a kid. Um, you know, I'd done some trail running, but you know, that was part of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a cyclist. I was never a swimmer. Mm. I was like, I'm just going to go out and do that. <laughs> um, and I just jumped in with both feet and fell wow. in love with it for a while. Um, I ran my first half Ironman down in New Orleans. I had never, uh, I, I don't think I had ever run a half marathon at that point in my life. Mm. Um, at least not on purpose. <laughs> um, it, maybe at some point in the military, I had to run for 13 miles, but I, I don't know. It, who knows? Right. Um, I had certainly never swam for 1.2 miles. I had never been on the bike for 56 and boom, I, I did it. And I was like, and it was like, wow, okay, I can do this. Um, you know, had, had a stint where I had to take some time off from running tries. I went to, uh, I got deployed to Afghanistan for a while, came back, tried to run an Olympic distance uh, triathlon, which is, you know, considerably shorter, um, you know, 20 so miles on a bike, 1500 on the swim. And then what about six miles running? Worst event of my life. I thought I was going to die. Um, really? Yeah, because I came back from Afghanistan, probably weighing about 230 pounds. Whoa. And yeah, I was hitting the gym hard when really? I was overseas. Wow. Yeah. So I blew up to, to epic size. Um, and like two weeks back from, <laughs> from being overseas, I'm like, well, let me go run this race and just see how it goes. <laughs> and it went horribly bad. Um, but you know, I got through it and got back to training and worked up to, to full distance race. And again, I'd never, I had never run a marathon. The first time I ran a full distance Ironman, I had never been on the bike for 112. I had never swam 2.4 miles, put them all together. Um, and went and I ran in, in Louisville and, and made it through. And, and I was like, wow, I, I absolutely love doing this. Yeah. Um, and so I, I got hooked on it for a while and I, I kept doing it for, for a few years. I probably done like 12 or so full distance tries at oh, this really? point. Ironman. Yeah. What's that? Full distance Ironmans? Yeah. So like, okay. like I think 10 of them have been Ironman branded. And then there's another two that were other wow. folks that, you yep. know, other organizations. Yep. Um, but, you know, so I, I, that's really what I was kind of doing. And then uh, there was a day that my girlfriend and I were supposed to be going out paddle boarding and she, she's a big ultra runner. Um, so, and has been doing it for far longer than I have. Um, and so she's like, Hey, let's go before we go over to, to go paddle boarding, let's go visit some of my friends who are out running the, this, uh, 12 hour ultra. Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go. And, you know, so we hung out for a while and I got bored and the RD for this race, he really, it, you know, 
he doesn't care if somebody jumps on course and paces somebody for a lap or just goes out and runs a lap. He's like, well, whatever, you know, get a taste of it. And maybe you'll come back and run one of my races. So I was like, I'm bored. I'm going to go run a lap and see, see how it goes. And I just got out on course and I had a blast. And and then I kind of remembered, I was like, man, I, I actually, I used to like running on trails. I should start doing this again. Mm. Um, and then, and it was just like, it was almost immediately, I like, I fell in love with, with trail running at that yeah. point again. Yeah. Um, and start, you know, and I was like, okay, well, let me, let me start, let me start racing. Um, and just see how it goes. And I think the first ultra I did was, I want to say it was a, I want to say it was a hundred K. Okay. And I think I finished like third or fourth or something like that. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty decent day. Looks like red, um, red dirt ultra hundred K overall. Yeah. Place. I, I think that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like, I was having a, I had a pretty decent day. I was running in first place for like 30 miles or something Dang. like that. Yeah. And then, you know, at some point it was like, okay, I, I just, kind of had to ratchet things back a bit because i was like i probably ran too hard at the beginning but again that's my style to do and then just hang on and see what happens um you know and so it's just like okay well this seems to be all right let's let's keep doing it let's see if we can bump up in distances and then you know i think um a year year or so later i went to do uh, the same same organization. I went and tried to run a, uh, I think it was a sixty miler, on another course, and again in Louisiana. And I realized about halfway through that I actually had a, a medical issue where I found I. Uh, I was just having shooting pain in my foot, where it just it felt like somebody had put a razor blade in my shoe. Um, and it was just messing everything up. So I started, you know, like it was like my foot started messing with my knee because um, my gait was getting thrown off to compensate. So I taped my knee up and and that was like, OK, for a while. Um, it, but I was still compensating. So it started messing up my hip. I was like, OK, well, let me try and tape this, too. <laughs> and that didn't work. And, and you know. <laughs> probably about 40 miles in or so i was like you know if i keep going i'm gonna need to tape my eyeballs before i get through this thing and i'm like this isn't like pain this isn't hurt this is injury so i went to the podiatrist and the guy's like yeah he's like i've he did all his little tests and x-rays and everything he's like i got some good news for you and some bad news what do you want first i was like well give me the bad news like all right all the shoes that you brought me in to look at he's like thank you for doing that throw them all away (laughs) like okay great um that's a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff i'm gonna have to replace he's like the good news is i know what's wrong with you and i don't think i'm gonna have to cut you open so he's like yeah you you've got a neuroma in your left foot Mm. and but what you need to do is you need to buy shoes that let your toes splay out because otherwise you're just gonna keep having this problem so i just you know switched over brands and miraculously it went away and i decided to make a hundred miler my redemption run after that and so did did my first 100 in i don't know i guess that was late 
late 18, early 19, something like that. Yeah, it looks like early 19. Red yeah. 100 miler in uh, Louisiana. Yeah, so I went back to that same place and because uh, it's a really neat course. Nice. Um, and, you know, and, and knock that one out. Actually, I did have to take a nap during that one too, but that was just because it was like, it, I wasn't falling asleep while I was running for that. <laughs> I was just like, I, I just, I'm, I'm just tired. I think I just need a little break. Yeah. Um, and then Which and, I have video of you sleep running, by the way. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and again, for that one, it was like, once I, it, so similar it was like i got up i didn't try and eat i just woke up and went off into the woods threw up um you know everybody at the aid station was like man is he okay and, and Kristen happened to be there and she's like no he's fine he always does this <laughs> and as soon as i got done like i said exactly the same as soon as i got done throwing up it was like boom we were out of the aid station and and running um and you know the, the next aid station we got to like my pacer needed to take a break and i just uh, i took he caught me like a mile or so down the road but he's like man i need a minute and i was just like <laughs> all right well catch up to me when you can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just kept pushing through but it was yeah that that one wasn't as um just dire need of getting some shutdown time as as we had sure. you know a couple weeks ago where yeah. i was just like okay things are going to fall completely off <laughs> the rails if i don't go to sleep for a few minutes um but yeah so that was that was fun and i think that was probably my last race in louisiana before i moved out here to colorado and and learned that um things are a lot different when you have elevation (laughs) right and like you're you're starting off your runs at five thousand feet instead of negative five feet where a lot of my runs back in louisiana would start and the the highest point that you would hit on the run was you know a bridge going over a river somewhere um you know to learn oh geez it's a different it's a different animal out here totally <laughs> totally let's do some re- and a whole different problems that you got to get through sorry oh god yeah yeah no i've been there man running repeats over the bridge because that's the only hill in town and yeah yeah that, that sucks so what brought you out to colorado well i, I we like to say it's like fun and adventure and not needing to worry about people running into you when you're on a bike uh, or, or running for that matter. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, it's just some, some of the places down South, it, it it's dangerous to be out on the roads. Oh, um, I've, like I've gotten, I've gotten hit. Yeah. I mean, I I've gotten hit by cars while I've been running in Louisiana. I've gotten hit by cars while I've been on my bike in Louisiana. Um, how many cars you at hit some, by? I, I would have to take off my shoes to count. Whoa, <laughs> dude, I've been hit by yeah. two cars and I thought that I was like legit, but you got me beat. It sounds like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's more, you know, it's more cycling down there than it is, than it is running, but it's, it's dangerous you know i mean it it was just it got to the point where it was you know we we really wanted to go someplace where where we would have fun um in the outdoors which which we like a lot more and a lot of times it's just it's so damn hot down there that it's tough to get out and do stuff too um you know and just the the infrastructure that 
we've got out here in Colorado with all of the open spaces and all the places you can go. I mean, I, I think I've said numerous times before, I, I could run every trail in, um, you know, name your county um, if I was able to extend my life by like, you know, 20 years. Right. Um, but there's no way that I'm going to hit every trail in any given county um, <laughs> in this humanly lifetime because there's just too many of them. There, too there's many. too much there's too much stuff that's reserved, um, you know, for us to to get out and enjoy. And, you know, it's coming from someplace where we where we don't really you know where we don't have that it's one of those things that i just i I can't tell you how much i appreciate um having that opportunity out here to just be able to get out and 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 be in the be in the woods and and do Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. um you know like when i was living in baton rouge there was about two places where you could run on trails and you get tired of running the same you know the same two loops over and over and over again um but that just you know that's what you had to do (laughs) So all these times you got hit by a car, do you think that some of that was intentional by like the crazy rednecks down there or what was going on? Um, you know, I, honestly, I don't think that any of the times that I got hit were in- intentional. Um, I think that there were times that people intentionally tried to scare me, but they missed um, just cause of, you know, good bike handling at the time yeah. or, you know, crafty running. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't think any times that, that somebody, you know, dinged me, they, they actually meant to, yeah. um, still dangerous. Yeah. Though. It sounds horrible. Yeah, And I, I mean, I, I got hit a couple times like in the military, um, doing like conditioning hikes with the Marines where a lot of times just in, in my position, um, I would end up needing to kind of walk out in the road. Um, and guys would come screaming through a formation and I'd be out there trying to get them to slow down and it would inevitably, you know, take a, a side mirror in the shoulder or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just, people get kind of self-absorbed and think that, you know, the world's going to end if they don't make it to a certain destination within the next, you know, 20 minutes. And so, you know, bad things happen sometimes, but such is life. It's a good reason to move to Colorado. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin and there's, you know, a handful of trails there that are really pretty and, but I ran them all over and over and over again. And I, and I just knew that there was so much out here that was just, unexplored by me and all the 14ers and the mountain races out here. So I, I totally get it. So, um, what year was that, that you moved to Colorado? Uh, we moved out in the summer of 2019. Okay. So it hasn't been that long. No, hasn't, hasn't been that long and, you know, just enjoying it out here and yeah. How did you get mixed up with uh, human potential? Cause it seems like you're like real active with them. You do all the trail work with them and you're at almost all the races too. Yeah. So, I mean, purely by luck, um, I literally just, uh, was looking for races to run and did an internet search and came up with, uh, you know, and found human potential on the internet. Um, and it was probably, uh, I was going into the the winter uh, of nineteen, mm-hmm. and um, of course, 
you know, um, they're the only group who is foolhardy or, or brave enough, depending on how you look at it, to run like winter ultra marathons. Totally. So they're out um, there year round. Yeah. So I, I go out and I run this, this one, um, out in golden at white ranch is my first race with them. Um, which is, which has since moved. Um, it's going to be out in Staunton, uh, state park, oh, yeah. uh, this upcoming year, but it's a little 55 K race called sawmill. Um, and it had, I think it was still snowing maybe when, when the race started. Um, so, you know, we had, ice all over all of the technical sections of the of the course which also happened to be in the shadiest spots of, of, of that uh, uh of that uh that park and so you know it's like i've never run with traction on before and completely destroyed the ones that i was running with <laughs> um you know they, they exploded like halfway through the race nice. um and there, there's some, there's some decent little, uh, inclines on that, on that race course, which mm-hmm. I absolutely hated the first time that I ran it. I, and now I love going out to white ranch and running, yeah. you know, the steeper sections of the, of the course that have, you know, like bowling ball size boulders everywhere that you have to negotiate through as you're running up or down Belcher Hill. Um, but it's, you know, it's like, that first race, I was just like, man, I, I, I love what these guys are doing. Um, and you know, and then just started looking at some of the, uh, well, I guess then I, I ran the fat ass series that they put on, um, that winter. And I'm trying to remember, cause I guess, I guess sawmill is actually part of the fat ass series. So I may have signed up for the fat ass series and then just did the, the race as part of it. Um, but I think I, I ended I ended up um, coming in first in the in the fat ass series that oh, year. Um, and, and it was it wasn't that I did anything phenomenal other than I just showed up <laughs> right. um, and, and ran a lot, including um, days when one day it was a blizzard that I had to take like three different routes to get out to the uh, the site where the the run was oh, really? um, and, and got out there and realized that uh, I was post holing immediately through like thigh deep snow. Oh, so I dude. went home and I grabbed my snowshoes and did like 18 miles in snowshoes that day. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, but I mean, that that's literally how I came in first in that series was just just by showing up. And it was like, if there was a day that there was a run to do, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to go out and do it. Nice. Um, so it wasn't like I was doing anything phenomenal other than just consistency yeah. to get there. But, you know, and, it, and HPRS runs a lot of like really interesting races mm-hmm. that, I, you know, most people don't do. I mean, there's one that you got to pull ping pong balls out of a uh, out of a bucket to figure out what your uh you know what route you're gonna run next um so nobody runs the same route and um and you did pretty good at that race as well yeah yeah um so and and it's i mean it's fun just because you you never know what you're uh what you're gonna get and uh so this last i guess it was not this last year but two years ago when i ran that race um there was a, a route that i hadn't pulled all day and they literally, as the day goes on, they start pulling some of the longer routes out just because you've got time cuts to, 
make to make it back down to the bottom of the hill. And so I kind of like begged and pleaded. I was like, hey, um, and I and I, I got to a point where I had a choice of what route I was going to run. I was like, hey, can I run the yellow route? And like, um, well, we, we pulled it because there's not enough time left. And I'm like, I think I've got enough time. Um, and, and I, and I've run white ranch so many times that I, I know what I can do, you know, pace wise on any one of those For sure. pieces of it. And, and you know, what effort I needed to put in. I'm like, yeah, I, I think I got this. Let, let me just go run it. And there, when I'm leaving the, the aid station, everybody's like, yeah, there's no way he's going to make it back and down the hill for this. And I, I came in with probably a good, a good half an hour or so left wow. on the clock wow. on that on that last loop just laughing the whole way because i'm like ah yeah i know what i need to do to make this happen <laughs> um so that was that was fun but then uh again they, they moved that course down to uh mueller state park down in divide mm-hmm. and added an extra wrinkle to it which was it instead of not only the the 12-hour course where you just pick the ball and that was what route you were going to do. Um, there's also a 24-hour race that they do down there now, um, which is run as a as a collective. So it's sort of like a mix between the ping pong ball race and a last man standing race where you not only pick the course or the route and every everybody's going to run it together, but also a minimum pace that you have to, you have to maintain. Mm-hmm. And it was... Honestly, it was probably the most fun I've ever had running a race. Really? Um, because we were totally out of our element. Yeah. Because um, it, it was just, it was a problem set that you're not familiar with. Um, <laughs> because it would just you would have to with figure, my mind all day. I don't know. Yeah. If I yeah well, you have like to figure that. out, like, what pace do I want to run this at? Do I want to run, like, r- just a little bit faster than the minimum pace mm-hmm. so that I can make it back in time to start the next loop? Or do I want to run a little bit harder and then have a little bit of downtime in the aid station so that I can, you know, do whatever I've got to do, rest up, get back out for the next one? So they, there was a, a small group of us. Um, including uh my buddy steve who was out there for some of the miles with us at, at silver heels um and a lot of us or a couple of us what we were doing is we would run a decent pace to start out and then once we got to i don't know two or three miles away from getting back into the aid station we'd kind of ratchet back what we were doing and decrease the work rate and then kind of cruise in and but we still have plenty of time to get ready for the next one but gosh, all of the uh, the the stopping and having an opportunity to, to cool down before starting the next loop, whatever it was going to be, um, which every loop started with this like eccentric one mile downhill movement, um, you know, followed by some stuff on some of the routes where literally there was like like a half a mile worth of wooden stairs to climb oh, I um, yeah. mid route. It's like it's just the, 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 the micro damage that was being done to <laughs> quads and hamstrings. Like every time you went out, it was like, you didn't, it, it truly was, you know, the, the Gary Cantrell, you know, quintessential statement. It, it was really easy until it wasn't. Right. Um, Cause you just, you had, you just didn't appreciate how much damage you were doing <laughs> over the course of time as you kept doing that, like run, cool down, 
eccentric downhill movement and then followed by you know nothing okay some of the terrain was tough but nothing was too terribly difficult um for the most part most of the courses were most of the routes were pretty runnable um but just you know the over and over cool cool down hot start that you did every you know every couple hours it was like wow that really it really added up and i've never been so destroyed after a race really we ended up doing the, the guys, the one guy that was really running with a guy named Mike Hale. Um, he and I both dropped at about 14 hours, I don't know, 50 miles or so. Okay. Uh, but uh, which in the big scheme of things, I mean, it's not, it's not a, in the big scheme of things, not a terribly long day. Right. I mean, right. we've all done, we've done more than that, yeah. but I, I think I, I was, I was destroyed for weeks after that race. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, I had no idea what amount of just destroy, just wow. damage and destruction I was doing to my legs really? um, until I was done. And then I was like, Oh my God, what did, what did I just do? But it was, <laughs> but it was so neat doing it because it was, it was so different from what, you know, we typically do where it's just like, okay, you know, walk the hills, run the flats, run the downhills, get in the aid station, do what you need to do, get out, run again. Um, you know, it, so it was just, it was a completely different paradigm and totally different from what we're, you know, what we're used to doing mm-hmm. out there on an ultra marathon. So it was, it was really neat trying to figure out how to best, you know, how to best accomplish that. Um, well, you did I, it, I mean, I, and that was probably good. I would probably, for yeah, I would probably do. I probably do the same thing again um, that I did this time, even though yeah. it, it it didn't work out. Um, you did well though. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I might just you know change my pacing a little bit um, to try and minimize on on the cool down time. Or what I what I also said I might do if I did it again was haul an exercise bike up there with me and just spin if i had you know like 15 20 minutes to get ready for the next loop like go to the aid station do what i need to do jump on a bike and just spin like i was a damn running back in the nfl to stay warm yeah (laughs) um and and, you know i kind of said that tongue-in-cheek at the time but as i've thought about it more i'm like you know that that actually might not have been a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait to see you next year with a spin bike there at the uh, yeah I'll, i'll i'll make sure it's one of like the 1970s one with the oh, big yeah. like fly like wire encased flywheel up front <laughs> with the handles that go back and forth and everything oh i love it i love it that'd be awesome <laughs> definitely painted beige with probably a a you know a label from like sears roebuck on the front of it oh yeah of course that's kind <laughs> uh well um what does running give you that the real world doesn't I don't know. You know, it's like, and I, I, I think I, I know kind of where this, where this question usually goes because, you know, I mean, I know that there's a lot of, you know, my compadres who they, they picked up running for a reason. Um, a lot of times it's like, you know, some sort of something went sideways, you know, mentally, emotionally in their life. Right. Um, 
you know that that they run as a as a release or an escape for that um there's you know a, another tribe who are out there trying to prove something mm-hmm. um those are the big tribes right yeah um either that or it's you know an escape from from addiction or something because i mean i i and i probably have a a somewhat addictive personality but you know, I, I, I've never really struggled with like substances or anything like that. Okay. So, and, and I don't, I, I don't really fit neatly into one of those, one of those tribes, mm-hmm. um, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the damn science experiment that, that I think running long is, you know, it's like, I, I love the, I, I love getting into that Mike Tyson moment, you know, where it's like I did get hit in the mouth. And so now I've got to try and figure out, you know, what what I need to do to to get over, around or through the problem that I've gotten into on, on that particular day at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, some I, I've said this before in, in other forums, that, you know, it's like medicine and physiology and all those things that you kind of have to grapple with when you're out running long and things go sideways on you are not exact sciences. Um, there's some general rules to them, but well, them, they, they're not they're not hard and fast. No. Um, and so th- there's a lot of just you know there's discovery learning. There's figuring out like as an individual, what you can and you can't do, mm-hmm. um, what, what your, your physical limits are, what your mental limits are. Um, and how do you, you know, how do you get past those or how do you fix problems when they come up? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- this race we just ran, I, I it was, it, it was one of the, the neater, th- you know, one of the cooler things that I've done just because things went so sideways mm-hmm. so early in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never had a moment where like mentally, I, th- I think, and I think it was mentally just my brain said, you are not moving one more step up this damn hill. <laughs> um, physically, I think that I could have done it. Um, just, you know, I could have pulled back my pace. I could have dug into to that hill where things went really, really sideways on me and, and, and gutted it out and, and got up it. But mentally I just went, no, yeah. it's not happening right now, bro. And, yeah. and so I, I had to, you know, sit there and figure out like, okay, why, 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 why have things gone the way that they have right now? And it's like, okay. And I, you know, a quick did a, you know, a systems assessment and went, okay, what's wrong? What, what are you doing? What are you not doing? I was like, okay, you're just, you're running hot, man. All right. How do we fix that? Well, I could, I could use, you know, the water that I've got on me, but it's a long way to like my next aid station. Mm-hmm. And I know that putting a lot of water in the system is detrimental to me generally. So let's see, what, what can we do? I was like, hmm, 
man, that, that stream looks really enticing right now. <laughs> I can't see it, but I can hear it. And I know, I know that, uh, I know Crooked Creek is down there to my left someplace. Yeah. And man, it was a fight getting down in that thing. I mean, I went through like brambles and thickets and, and it was like fight for life to get down in, into that damn Creek and yeah. just lay down for a minute. Um, you know, but it was, it was just, it, it, that's what I enjoy doing is, is the problem solving of, of running long and figuring out what, um, you know, what you can, what, what you need to do in order to, to fix things. And that, that's what I like about, that's what I like about racing. Um, and I guess, and I was thinking about this beforehand because it's one of those other questions that, that I get a lot coming from a triathlon background is people go like, you know, Hey, what's, what's harder running a hundred miles or running a full distance triathlon. Right. And my answer is always yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, racing an ultra marathon is way harder in my mind. Training for a full distance triathlon is exponentially harder than training for an ultra marathon. Yeah. Um, the discipline that you have to put in day in, day out to be able to run, swim and bike and, and, and really, you know, train for those three disciplines and just things that you need to do for that, like, like weight management. And because you have to race light, um, you can't, especially if you get on a, like a hilly course, like you go out to like a Chattanooga or, you know, a Louisville that's nothing but rolling hills or a Montremblant that's got like, you know, 9% grades on it. Or even, you know, when we used to run Boulder, that's got some serious, you know, um, some decent hill work on it. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you, you got to put yourself in a position where, you know, you're, you're racing at, at, at a, as light as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, there's a lot of, a lot more where in my mind, you know, running, running ultra marathons, like you run at the weight that you are, um, <laughs> you know, cause you're not, you're not, you're not going at the same speeds. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you just, the, the ability to go slow, lets you, lets you run at a, a much, <laughs> you know, a much heavier body composition than, than running, you know, full distance triathlon. So it's just that the work and the discipline on all of the days leading up to a race are, are monumental when you're running a full distance try, if you want to do it right. Um, Whereas, you know, running a hundred miles, a lot of it is like, okay, I've got to get out at some point before this race and put in some considerable like time on foot. Um, you know, so if I go out at some point and I run, you know, for the first one, what, like 50 miles and you're probably okay, you know, 10 hours or so on foot. If you do that, it's like, okay, man, I'm, I'm set and I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, the next time you run an, an ultra, it's, you know, it, it's less because you've, you've had that experience of, of being on your feet for that long. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can cut corners, but it's just, you know, it's a matter of getting out and getting, getting the time on the, on the trails and getting, you know, time underfoot, you know, on foot, um, and being used to being up and tired and continuing to move. But, but yeah, just the, the work that you've got to put in for, for doing a full distance try is like, it's it's ugly and the fact that you know it's easy to take an off day when you're training for for an ultra um and not lose any sleep over it but <laughs> when you look at a you know a full distance um triathlon training plan um 
and you lose sleep if you miss a day. It's like, okay, how am I going to make up this, you know, this 60 mile bike ride that I was supposed to go on, on a Saturday, um, you know, followed by, you know, 3000 meters in the pool. And it's like, shit, man, I got to go to work on Monday. Um, I, I don't have time to put in, you know, six, seven hours of training until the next weekend. Um, so you, you know, you lose, you lose sleep over things like that. You think like, man, how am I going to, how do I catch up now? That's true. Um, yeah. you know, so like I said, in my mind is always like, which is, which is harder. Yeah. They're, they're, they're both in different ways. Sure. Um, yeah. but I, but I truly do enjoy the, you know, the, the challenge of going out and racing, race, you know, running long in the hills and the fact that, you know, that something's going to go wrong and it's like, okay, now it's just my job to figure out how do I, how do I get over around or through this issue that came up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So this last one was fun because it came up so, so early. And it's like, man, how do I, how do I move 80 miles taking in you know, less than a thousand calories over the course of what, you know, probably 35, 30 hours or so Yeah, that I was really, you know, sideways on the trail. <laughs> I wish we would have weighed you before and after the race just to see what the difference was. I yeah. I bet you you finished 10 pounds lighter. I, I, I it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if I was, if I was 10 pounds lighter, yeah. um, which is why I, I never had a better tasting hot dog than I did after that race <laughs> at the finish. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was like almost fighting little kids to grab hot dogs. I was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like 10 years, 10 year olds coming up and I'm almost Heismaning these kids to yeah. get at the, the hot dog truck. I'm like, I, I need something to eat right now. Uh, Cause of course, as soon as I, you know, as soon as I stopped all stomach issues go away. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, I feel great. I'm hungry as all get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that that walk back into town, that was treacherous, man. That took forever. Yeah. I mean, that was like a, a, a six or 10 mile hike back into town after we had come out of the mountains just on gravel mm-hmm. roads that were completely exposed, no shade whatsoever you're at, you know, 95, 96 miles, just completely wrecked, just trying to hang on. The yeah. sun's just killing us. And we're just fighting for any little patch of shade. And, and uh, we're just like, God, how much further, man. And then finally you get phone service. I'd Google it. Well, we got four more miles. And it's just like, Oh my God, we've been going forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I, I think probably my happiest point in the entire day was when we saw that place where they had the the crazy fence line that had boots and shoes hanging all over it because we hit that and i was like man we got two and a half miles to go right now um because i just ran a little warm-up run the the day before the you know the evening before the race and did you know five miles out and back so when i and it was literally it was right there at that fence line that i turned around so i was like i know exactly how far we got to go now yeah yeah because because like my watch had died at at like the 99 (laughs) mile mark or something at least 99 on my watch um because you know what every every ultra the distance has an ish at the end right yeah right so god only knows what the what the actual yeah, I mean, who knows what the actual, you know, distance was by right. any measurement. Right. Um, 
Yeah. He'll make it 109 miles and call it a hundred and you know, yeah. <laughs> bonus miles, you know? So <laughs> yeah, which I'm, which I'm prone to, uh, prone to running bonus miles, but you know, stayed on course, I think the entire time this, this go out. Okay. And so it was nice. just, uh, you know, it was just as drawn this time. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, my problem is I, I get to having too much fun when I'm running and I'll be the guy that just runs straight past the mark. Is that what happened like, at Sangre? Um, well at, at Sangre, um, the, I, because we did the pre-race meeting over like, you know, like Facebook live or something like that. And somehow I missed like one, one tiny clause in the race directions because what i heard john say was the course is easy you just stay on the rainbow trail the entire way yeah and then i think there was a however comma there's this one section right at the (laughs) beginning where you make a hard right and climb up to music pass um so and i mean it's it's dark as all get out when we start um and we get to this first little like junction in the road and i'm out in out in front of our group because we were doing it in waves back then because of covid and whatnot and there's one guy who's running with me and i looked at him and i distinctly remember saying like hey man we stay on the rainbow trail right he goes yeah absolutely and so five miles later i get to this big intersection of, of trails and I, and I, he, I dropped him. He was a little bit further behind me. And so I waited for him to catch up and I was like, Hey man, what do you, what do you have as far as distance on your, on your watch? <laughs> and cause for some reason I, I, I had switched mine over to like metric a couple days earlier. So I'm doing math, trying to figure out how far I've gone. Um, which I'm always, usually pretty good at, but always a great idea in an ultra marathon. Yeah, I know. So he's like, yeah, I got like 5.3 miles or something like that. I'm like, bro, we should have hit the turnaround for this first leg at like 4.4. <laughs> so we turned around, ran all the way back, found the, found the intersection. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is the one that was about a half a mile into the race. Uh, so we literally ran, you know, like, nine nine and a half miles something like that off course um (laughs) in order to get to where we're supposed to be on course at which point it is just a like four mile uphill slog to the high point on the on the race um yeah where it's just and it's there's a couple technical sections in there but it mostly it's just like you're just climbing your butt off to get up to the top of this, you know, this mountain pass and, and hating life the whole way. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, it's like, we got up there and I, I knew like how much time I had wasted and I turned around and I just opened it up full bore on the way down. Um, and I, I went past one of my, uh, one of my friends, um, one of my friends, Liz, she was out there running, the uh i think she was doing a 50 miler on the course and she's like man you you look great but you also look like hell like what's going on i'm like yeah <laughs> and i told her she's like she's like yeah you're running great but like 
you look like you're about to die right now. Cause I was, I mean, I was just running full, like full bore trying to get downhill to try and make up some of this, like, you know, uh, two hours or so that I just run off course. Uh, dude, that sucks. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, that was part of my downfall. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've got, and you know, all of the HPRS guys pretty much make fun of me um, because I, because I do, you know, I'll, I'll get off course and just keep going for a while just because I'm having too much fun. Um, and then go like, Oh man, I missed a turn. Yeah. And I'm always able to laugh about it afterwards or during the fact usually, but yeah. it's just like, yeah, well it happens. Uh, Drew missed a turn again. It, it, yep. I can hear everyone laughing about that. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But that's that's part of the fun. I mean, if it was if it was easy, they'd call it softball. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I can tell you don't take it super seriously. I mean, you know, you train for the event, you show up, you do the best you can. But if you go off course for a little while, it's not the end of the day. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, bonus miles. It's it's all good. Yeah, We're I mean, out there for an adventure. Yeah, you just you got to you got to enjoy what you're doing, um, you know, or or there's no point in doing it. Totally. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that, that's, I think that's part of the other reason why, you know, what I enjoy about, about racing long and, and doing, doing ultra marathons and doing things that are challenging. is just, you know, it, it's an opportunity to, to just be in the moment without worrying about all of the, what, what, you know, all the stuff that at the, at the end of the day, most of the things that we worry about in life tend Don't to matter. turn out to be inconsequential. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so it, it's an opportunity to really to also get away from all of the all of the inconsequential background noise and just be in the moment for a while and, mm-hmm. and do something that you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in a in a setting that, you know, if you take it, take a minute to look around every once in a while, it's like, wow, th- this is this is a truly magical place that yeah. we get out to and to play in. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so that, and that's probably what I have a tough time doing sometimes is just slowing down for a bit and going like, man, look at, look at where, where I am right now and, and what I get to, uh, what I get to do. Totally. Um, gives you a whole new so, perspective if you can slow down and do that. Yeah. What's next for you? Um, are, are you going to be at Sangre this year? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, okay. I haven't, I haven't made up a solid decision on that yet Okay. Okay. or what, what distance I want to do. Um, this sounds horrible. Well, it sounds horrible to me, but I kind of want to go and run the hundred just because the buckle's so cool. Cause I don't have a <laughs> buckle with a unicorn on it. And so, I mean, but I'm like totally like I'll wear, I'll wear a buckle with a unicorn on it. Like every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> well, you but know, I, I, you're, I don't, a, you're a big, strong dude. You got a little extra muscle on you. I can, I think that you would look good with a unicorn buckle on. I don't think anybody would mess with you, man. They would just take one look at you. Yeah. Well, this guy's legit right here. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I also, I mean, I also race in pink every time too. So yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the other thing that, that I think throws some people off, you know, every once in a while is the fact that like, I'm out there racing. I usually have like, I, you know, I, I usually start off the day with like pink, hot pink arm warmers on, um, you know, or, or something just, you know, and it, 
part of it is what helps me kind of stay centered and not take anything too seriously. It's like, is I just put something on that you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, the most people knowing me wouldn't expect me to like, you know, to don that race gear, but it's like, okay, I, you know, I, I'm going to go out here and have fun. Um, you know, so it's just, it's kind of a little reminder, you know, like, Hey bro, don't, don't take everything too seriously because it's a race, but at the same time, it's like, nobody's paying me to do this. I'm not, you know, I'm not winning any medals. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't really have any sponsorships. So, you know, go out and have fun, man. Totally. And, totally. Uh, and enjoy it. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about, man. I love it. Um, okay. So you don't know if you're going to be at Sangre. Um, any, other... I know I'll be there. I just don't know if I'm racing and I don't know what okay. distance I'm going to go. Okay. 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 <laughs> Cause one of the other crazy little challenges that John has is like this six race in a year thing where you have to do a bunch of different distances and whatnot. And so, you know, I, I've ticked off the hundred miler. I've ticked off the hundred K. Um, so I still have to do like a 50 miler and a 50 K. Okay. And so I just don't know if I want to, um, make Sangra like, like a 50 mile day. Um, or whether, I want to, you know, go and do the, the full, uh, the full gamut again. Right. Right. <laughs> well, no, there, there's no reason to rush into it. I mean, it's one of those races you can pretty much sign up for last minute, which is one of the cool things about John's races, but, uh, dude, um, any other races on the calendar? Oh, did I lose you? Are you there? Yeah. So, <laughs> No, it looks so my thing is showing that your bandwidth is low, but oh, I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we're almost done here, but um, do you have any more races on the calendar this year besides Sangre? So this is almost like an HPRS uh, online event because there always are technical difficulties for those ones. <laughs> oh, we're honoring Sherpa John right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> So one one of the things that that I uh, that I, I've been considering doing is going back to Louisiana and run one of uh, run one of Edie Cuvion's races again, yeah. um, and so one of them and I can't remember whether it's whether it's Red Dirt or whether it's Lou Garou, um, I think it's Lou Garou that uh, goes like a couple days before my 50th birthday. So I was kind of thinking that I might head back there and try my hand, um, at another hundred as a flatlander, um, or not as a flatlander, but on a flatland course, um, after being up here and doing this for, for a couple years, um, because I'm really kind of interested in seeing, um, what, what I could do on a relatively flat course, um, after, you know, being, uh, being acclimatized to, uh, you know, to running it at five to 10,000 or, you know, whatever we went up to the other 12,000 feet, some crazy craziness like that. Um, you know, and then going back to something that the entire course is probably at a I think the high point on, on those, maybe like a couple hundred feet, if that, yeah. um, yeah. So, and 
those races are both out in central Louisiana. So there's a little bit more terrain to them. Um, but it's, you know, it's still, it's nothing like, obviously nothing like out here. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you would set a good time. I mean, yeah, there's st- there's still, you know, it's a, it's a different challenge though, because totally. you got to deal with humidity and, humidity. you know, really, yeah. r- really thick air. Although there's lots of oxygen down there, it's still hard to, it's still hard to move because it's just, it's just thick and you get muddy courses that have been torn up by, uh, you know, packs of wild hogs. And so, um, <laughs> You know, they, they give you something else to worry about in the middle of the night as you every once in a while come across a, a bunch of bunch of hogs on the trail that may or may not want you there. Right. Um, Getting attacked and by you're, a wild you're, Yeah. And your, your pacer may or may not think that you're hallucinating when you say, hey, man, why don't we slow down and let them let them hogs up there get out of the way? <laughs> um, and they're like, dude, are you OK? It's like, no, seriously, there's like 10 hogs sitting on the trail. Um rather than running through the middle of them, let's just let them like move out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, and, and my, my pacer for that one race said that we saw hogs in the middle of the night. He, he was, he, he was, he actually was a bit surprised when we kept walking. It was like, we started hearing the grunting and then he, was able to see some of the eyes was like, Oh yeah, you were right. There were, there are a bunch of hogs up there. Hogs are real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, when we did uh, Silver Hills this year, you had your bib number upside down for most of the race. Uh, can you explain that? What's that all about? Yeah, so, you know, I guess I did it after after I DNF'd at, at, um, at Sangra last year. The next race that I ran, I don't remember what it was. Um, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going to play a little bit superstitious. Um, cause I grew up as a baseball player. Um, and you know, all kinds of superstition deal yep. that with like, yeah, you yeah. know, not washing your socks for months at a time and, you know, lucky other shirt, silly, lucky silly hat. things. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the, the other thing is like, um, because get doing triathlon, I got into cycling as well. And so one of the, one of the things with, with, you know, with road racing, as far as cycling goes, is like, there's one guy in the race who, except for racing in Italy, where it's a lucky number, but every place else, usually the guy that pulls number 13, wears it upside down, mm. um, when they're racing. Okay. And so I just kind of put the two of them together and I was like, I need to do something to kind of change my luck. Yeah. So I flipped my bib upside down and, and ran that next race. Um, and, and I had a, I had a really good race. Um, and so I was like, okay, let me try this for the, for the next one. So I, so I flipped my bib upside down, ran and I had a, and I had a really good race. Um, and then it was some point like, eh, it was like late last year, early this year, I can't remember which, but, but John, you know, asked me to do his podcast. And that was one of the questions he had was like, man, it seemed like earlier in the year, you know, you were really just, you he, he said this to me, like, it seemed like you were frustrated when you were racing because things just weren't going right. And it's like, but these last couple races, you know, it's like, you've, it, it seems like you, you, you let go of that frustration and were able to change something. It's like, what, what did you, you know, what, what change did you make, um, 
that that had that effect on just the way you were running and i just kind of laughed and i was like hey man um i'm gonna give you the audience answer that you might not like but all i did was i flipped my bib upside down <laughs> and and so every race that i've run since then i've just worn my number upside down okay, um, awesome. which in this case was fortuitous because not only did i get to be bib number 100 but i also got to be bib number one um <laughs> so it, it was just and again I, I guess it's part of the just like re, you know a reminder to like don't take it too seriously it's like you're racing but but go out and have fun yeah. um and so it's you know sometimes it's like little things like that that i do to just kind of remind myself to like go out and have a good time man because yeah. you know you're 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 lucky to be able to do this mm-hmm. um so don't don't put too much pressure on yourself and if if things don't go according to plan oh well you know that's going to happen work through it figure it out but try and have a good time when you're doing it and if you you know don't get frustrated just just yeah. you know live in the moment and have a good time mm-hmm. um so and god like like Kristen gets mad at me for doing it cuz she's like you're she's like you're that guy who like we're trying to figure out what your damn number is when you come into the aid station so we can mark off your time and you're the idiot that's got it upside down so you can't tell what it is so it's just sometimes it just turns into like you know gobbledygook sometimes unfortunately it turns into another number like i think i think i was 51 for one of the races so upside down it's 15 15. um it just works out that way um you know so i'm sure everybody was really you know just pissed at me for that race because like i come in i'm like 51 and they're like why does it say 50 oh he's got you know he's confused (laughs) but but yeah so but i i'm still gonna just keep doing it because it seems to be you know if nothing else it seems to be working so you know then that's the superstition side of it you know if it it works keep doing it until it stops working and then you know a hundred do something else (laughs) a hundred percent if it's working keep it up i'm just glad it's like turn your number upside down instead of like turn your hydration pack upside down or something you know yeah (laughs) it could be worse so something that is like that makes things like logistically difficult yeah you know for for me if it makes it logistically (laughs) difficult for the the aid station i'm like i'm i'm sorry guys yeah, yeah but hey that's why i always say you know what my number is coming in and going out so yep, yep. yeah and besides that thing's usually covered over by my damn shirt anyways yeah right they get covered up by your second layer that's around your waist and yeah and i i still like you know habit from from racing triathlons i still wear mine on a on a on a race belt um so if i decide at some point that you know the day i want to change my shorts it's like i just change my shorts and i put the belt back on and i'm good or if i want to you know change a shirt then and you know i don't have to worry about unpinning a number and putting it on something else it's just like it comes off it goes back on but unfortunately it gets covered up a lot yeah and if i want to race with it behind me for a while Cause it's just annoying me. I can turn it around if I, and then, you know, coming into the aid station, it's easy enough to just slide the thing back around to the front. Yep. 
Yep, 100%. Or flip it back to the right way when I'm coming into start finish so right, that, right. you know. <laughs> I hope John doesn't disqualify me which, for my number yeah, upside which is, down. <laughs> which is what I, you know, what I did this time was just like, okay, I'm just going to flip this thing back over. Um, I think for pictures as much as anything, I was like, <laughs> well, you know, because there is with, with HPRS, there is some, um, there is some lore and some, some prestige to getting the number 100. So when I came back in and off course, I was like, I'm, I'm out of, out of respect for the, for the race series. I'll flip it back over and wear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I waited until the point when I was like, okay, I know that, you know, no matter what happens at this point, like unless I get hit by a car when I make the last left-hand turn, <laughs> like I can't get unlucky and not finish the race. Right. I was right. like, I can pretty much turn sideways and roll downhill <laughs> to get over the, you know, to get back on the track at the point that I flipped it back over. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I, I don't have to worry about my luck running out by, by putting it back the right way yeah. or the wrong yeah. way, depending on how how you look at it. <laughs> well, you did it, dude. Um, it was your second 100. You did it. You did it well. I mean, it was a tough, tough mountain course. How much vertical was out there? Do you remember? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, I tell you that part, part of the difficulty of it is, it's just the grade that some of those hills are at and where they're placed. I mean, putting, putting a 30 degree hill at mile, whatever it was, 80 something and change um, in, in the middle of the day on Sunday. I mean, that's just that, that just saps the life out of you. (laughs) Um, You know, and especially for me, because at that point I hadn't, eaten you know hardly anything in in forever in a day yeah um so that was that that was a, a challenge getting up that and especially because you know, it's like i'd gone over it once before well gone down it before and you know going down that thing at you know 15 miles or 14 or whatever you hit it at it's like i i'm going down and i'm like man this is not going to be fun when i hit it on the flip side right, right. um you know, and, and there's some other, you know, th- there's a couple of other, you know, significant climbs on that. Um, you know, the the one hill that you go over again, it's it's at about 24, 25 percent grade. Um, they hit about 35 miles. Um, you know, after going through a pretty exposed section, and this hill is super exposed. And it's like a, just an easy place to cook because you're generally hitting it during a hot part of the day. I mean, I think I hit it like one o'clock or something like that in the afternoon. Yeah, and it's like, oh, uh, this is not this is not fun. You know, but you just <laughs> got to keep you know driving into it and getting up and over that thing. And it's, you know, neither one of those are really they're not Colorado hills, you know, it there's no switchbacks. It's just, okay. The top is up there somewhere. I don't know where I can't right. see it. Yeah. Um, the first, the first one you hit, you, you can kind of see the top, but this, but that second one's like, I don't know where the top of that thing is, but it's, it's up there somewhere <laughs> straight up. Um, 
you know, and there's the, there's a couple of them that are like that, that you just, you know, you just like, oh man, I, this is exposed and it's steep and I'm not having fun climbing up this right now. Yeah. Well, I remember when we were going up to the mine, you were just crawling, but you were moving consistently. Yeah. You know, we would get to the flat sections and you would run with everything you had. And it was a very slow run, but you were running, dude. Yeah. We were going up those hills. You were crawling, dude. I remember your, your trekking poles were both going in at the same time. You're pushing your whole body weight up, but you were moving and you were doing everything you were supposed to do, man. And, and I knew you were so low on calories. You know, you weren't drinking tons and tons of water either. And I'm just like, oh man, look at this guy. Like, it was, it was impressive, dude. And I was just happy to be a part of it and be by your side. It was, uh, it was an honor to be with you, man. And you freaking did it. He killed it, man. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, and, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, it's just the, the way that the way that you, you paced me during those sections. I mean, that was like, honestly, just what I needed. Cause I, I didn't need somebody like sitting at my side, you know, in, in my ear, giving me encouragement at those times, I just needed like, you know, a, a pilot fish up front <laughs> that was like, that, you know, just so that I had a, you know, an aiming point to keep moving towards. Yep. Um, so that, that was, I mean, that was just, you know, it was one of those things that just instinctually you did just what I needed at that point without us really discussing how to get over and through that. So, um, you know, if nothing else, man, it it was a great read on like how I was operating at that point. And I, I mean, I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate that because I know it's, it, it, it's easy to like kind of when you've got somebody there and you're shepherding them through a course like that to be on their hip and kind of, you know, in their ear trying to drive them through something. But that just, it, it absolutely wasn't what I needed at that point in, in life. Um, and so, I mean, that was just, it was impressive that you were able to read that and just, you know, do what, what I needed you or, you know, what was helpful at that point. Um, without any, you know, like real verbal communication or anything. It was just, you know, I could tell it was just like you reading what, um, you know, what was going to keep me driving forward um, or, or what was going to at least work, you know, to my best advantage and not, you know, um, and not necessarily what, you know, might be the, I, I don't know, the, the, the standard course that, you know, Right. Like you have to have People a gel now. Do. If you don't eat yeah. a gel now, you're not going to make it up this climb. But I knew if you ate a gel, you were going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, everybody's different there too. You know, like a lot of people do need that voice in their ears saying it's time to take a drink. It's time to eat some food. Um, you know, we've got a, a hill climbing up. We're going to run this little down section, but dude, you're a Marine. You're, you're a badass. You had your own plan going into this race that sounded a little bit ludicrous to me. And I'm like, dude, this guy's doing his own thing. And you know, whether it works or not, we're going to get to the finish. Like this, yeah. is, we, we can do this. And yeah, man, it was just, yeah, there was a lot of times we were out there talking and, and having good conversation. And there was a lot of times we weren't, we were just silent, just marching along, just getting it done, man. And 
and I cherish those moments because, you know, I'm just thinking, God, this guy's a freaking badass. He's got 90 miles on his legs. How cool is this? I just love being a part of it, man. It fires me up. Yeah, it was, it was a, it, I mean, it was a fun race and, um, it, it, I mean, I, I really, as much as there were some points where it physically, <laughs> it physically hurt. It was like, I, I had a, I had a blast the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, it, sometimes it didn't, it may not have seemed like it in the moment, but I was just, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was enjoying despite some frustrations at times because things didn't go the way I wanted them to, I was sure. still having fun, okay. you know, working through, working through the problem sets and figuring out what, um, you know, what I, what I needed to do. And, you know, the, the couple times I needed to try and eat something just to like placate you and, uh, and Steve, <laughs> because you're like, man, you really need to eat something. I'm like, uh, okay. If it'll, if it'll get you guys to shut up for a while, I will, I will try and eat something, but I, just like the chances of it, the chances of it working are like somewhere between slim and none and, and slim start stopped hunting like miles back. Um, you know, cause, cause then there were other times when like, like you guys didn't say, you know, didn't say anything. And we sat down at that one aid station in Como and I'm like, give me some soup. Yeah. Okay. Give me some more soup. Yeah. All right. You know, cause I was like, I was at a point where it's like, okay, I think I, I think I can put something in now and it, it won't, you know, just go horribly awry. Yeah. Um, you know, where it's like, but there's other times when, you know, and I know you guys were, were doing the right thing and it was what I probably, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, I would have been like, yeah, absolutely. You're right. I need to eat. And I'm just, I'm not thinking straight, but there was a bunch of times when, you know, when you guys are like, you need to eat. And I'm like, no, I don't. That's not, that's like, that's not what I need to focus on right now. Like I'll do that when I can, but, (laughs) but okay, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Um, if it'll get everybody to like stop stop hounding me about eating like i know i haven't eaten enough but it's because i know it's coming back if i try right now so but i mean those times were i mean you know i I make fun of it now it's not like you guys were like on my butt about it incessantly it was just like okay man i i know yeah i I know that's what you got to eat a little bit of something but yeah uh, no, I could tell it was grinding on you a little bit because you're like, if I eat, I'm just going to puke. And <laughs> yeah, all, all I'm going to do is lose is lose moments in trying to gullet something and have it violently come back out the other, you know, <laughs> the same way it went in. <laughs> well, I'm just happy we were significantly able to slow down the puking as the race went on and you were able to stomach uh, a couple, di- you know, a little bit of soup here, some watermelon, some Coke. And it was just enough to get you in on films and uh, you did it, man. So hats off to you, man. Congrats. I can't wait. Well, Hey, I I don't know about getting in on fumes. I mean, I I think that last mile I I ran. Okay. Oh yeah, you did. You crushed it. 
but I, and then I was giving you shit, dude. I was like, dude, I haven't seen you run this hard in the last 50 miles. <laughs> I know that's because that's because like job number one was get it finished. Totally. <laughs> As you were making your last lap around the track, I was joking with Sherpa John too. I'm like, I haven't seen him run this much in the last 40 miles. Yeah. Well, well, you, you do remember my rule number one, right? Um, what's your rule number one? Always look good. Ah, well. So suddenly we got back to where people were watching. It was like, man, I got to look good. Oh, totally, dude. Yeah. I do that. I advise my athletes to do that. When I'm pacing people, I'm like, okay, we're coming into an aid station. Let them see you strong. You know, we're going to run into this thing. You're going to do your thing. You're going to run out. If we get out into the woods and you have to walk, it's no big deal, but you're going to look strong. Yeah. Cause like, and all my friends, they, they seem to think that my, my rules of, of racing are all messed up for some reason. <laughs> the, the ordering's wrong because like, like Kristen told me rule number one should be don't die. And I was like, no, that's like rule number four or five. <laughs> oh, it goes like, don't, they always look good. Don't get lost. If you get lost, make sure you look good. <laughs> And then what is it? If you think you're running blank, it could be, you know, too fast, too slow, whatever, comma, stop thinking. And then don't die. I like it, dude. That's the perfect way to wrap this thing up. That's it right there. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, congrats, dude. I had a blast running with you. I can't wait to see what's in your future. Um, if you run any races in Colorado, look me up, dude. I'd love to, uh, help get you into the finish or, or maybe I'll need you at Sangre. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, uh, definitely keep in touch and I'm sure we'll uh, share some more miles together at some point. Yeah. Well, well, thanks. I, I mean, I, I truly appreciate all, all the effort out there and, you know, be, best of luck with, uh, with your, with your podcast and with your business and everything. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, I, I I'm truly impressed with, you know, both and all the work that you're doing. So it's, sure. uh, it's great. And, um, you know, it, it helps to, uh, help to build the tribe, which is always a big thing for us. Right. Totally. That's what it's all about, <laughs> man. That's what it's all about. Well, listen, you're a badass, Drew. I appreciate you coming on and taking the time and, and sharing part of your story and, uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I love it. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. All right. Talk soon, brother. Okay. Thanks. Right, later. Drew, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was an honor to run with you, and I had a blast. And I want to thank you guys, the listener, for hanging in here, listening to this episode, checking it out. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. That is us. If you need any help in the way of coaching for your ultramarathon, or you need pacers or crew for your ultramarathon, look us up, big-things-crewing.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please write us a review or share it on social media. It helps us to be seen among all the other podcasts out there. Find us on Instagram and Facebook as Big Things Crewing. And as always, our website is big-things-crewing.com. We're on Patreon. Uh, you want to support this podcast or anything else that we have going on? Uh, Patreon's the spot to do it. Patreon.com slash do big things. We want to thank, uh, Exoskin, the best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, no odor. Check them out. 
Their shorts are fire. Their toe socks are fire. No blisters. I love this stuff. Use the discount code capital BTC for big things crewing. And that is a 15% promo code. Get some. I want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code there is capital McRoberts A20, all caps. We're hooking you guys up with a discount on the finest NA beer around. We also want to thank Will and On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, look up On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Remember, you guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.